Hello, friends, and welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. It's the 22nd day of February. I'm your host, Paul, and I thank you for joining me. We have a week left in the February version of our DDP, a week because it's leap year, and that means we have 29 days in February. So we're one week away from the essay edition for the month of February, which looks like it's going to fall somewhere probably in the 10th chapter, early on in the 10th chapter. We'll see. Um, I don't I don't know exactly how quickly we'll move through this next segment because this, to me, is a pivotal segment in the Gospel of Luke, in the journey of Jesus, and in the understanding of what Christ came to do versus all who had come before him. But it's also a turning point in the Gospel of Luke. We're actually at the point where Luke shifts his narrative towards Jerusalem. We're actually in Luke 9.51. Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Um, Some translations, when the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Now Luke's Luke is looking back on this event, of course, from the other side of the ascension and stating that Jesus is on his way to the ascension, on his way to being taken up. He doesn't even say he's on the way to dying. But what actually happens from this point through late in chapter 19, we have an account of Jesus' journey to Jerusalem. No No other gospel gives a parallel to this unit as a whole, to this elongated journey on the road to Jerusalem the way that Luke does. Luke presents it. I mean, there's parallels to some of the individual stuff that happens inside of this, but no single account in any of the gospels gives this long of a run towards it. Luke is the one, which is interesting and probably fitting because no gospel account gave as long a run of the nativity story or the events leading up to that story as did Luke. He likes to do those long stretches of writing about a short window in the ministry and life of Jesus. You could probably say that um, less time transpires in the gospel of Luke than maybe any of the other Gospels. He's just pushing into these smaller spaces more events. It's a solemn progress where Jesus is going. A lot of things happen both to him and around him that cast a shadow over the group as they move towards the capital city where Jesus is going to die. And and that's going to be framed in Christian terms as a death for the sin of the world. He takes into himself the sin of the world. Well, on the way there, he's going to give a a group of teachings. He's going to forbid some things. He's going to answer some questions. He's going to give some of the most powerful and memorable parables that exist in all of the Gospels. No no Gospel writer holds the parabolic weight that Luke does. And this is where this stuff begins to happen. Some of the most important things that they're going to learn in order for them to carry on and, and notice that the transition point 
was transfiguration, which was preceded by the little speech that they were going to take up their cross. Well, now he's going to literally go take his up. And on the way, he's going to give instructions on what it will look like to follow him once he's gone. So carrying the cross is how it starts. But it's certainly not how it ends. And it's going to lead to the reformation of their souls and the resurrection of of them into a newness of life. And so we follow they follow Jesus into that, and so do we. Um, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem, tells us that he's going to be pulled in various directions from this point on. There's going to be a very heavy temptation to avoid this. Uh, one of the things I emphasized, and I, I will, will tell you all about this in a couple of days, but I just recently did a message about Jesus going into Jerusalem, going into Jerusalem, going into the wilderness, and being offered the opportunity to bow down before Satan to receive the kings of the world. Is really an offer to circumvent the cross, and this offer resurfaces multiple times. We have at least three moments in the life of Jesus where he's confronted either by the devil or by people or by his own self, his own consciousness, to circumvent the cross in order to achieve means without it. And he deny, he, he resists it every time. And it's in that sort of triple temptation that we see the great temptation of life is to avoid the things that we must do. And that's, that's on a practical sense. On a theological sense, the great temptation is to have a Jesus without the blood, to have a Jesus that doesn't win by dying. But he wins by some other means. He takes up swords. He he rides the horse, you know, instead of the donkey. Um, all kinds of things. I get into all of that uh, in that sermon, and it'll air for you on Sunday. And I'll tell you, like I say, I'll give you title and everything on Saturday. But um, this is where this starts. This is this is really. I mean, the wilderness. Yes, it starts as far as the temptation, but the public uh, proclamation of this is here, and he steadfastly sets his face. So he knows where he's going and he won't be deterred. And sometimes we have to know where we're going to the point that we won't be deterred. Even if going is harder than the determent, the determent would give us an easier way out. Easier way out is not always equal proper way to go forward. Sometimes the easy way out is the broad way that leads to our destruction. And so we pay attention. 52, he sent messengers before his face, and as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. So Jesus, probably these are his disciples, We the messengers. We know his disciples are about to make some comments, so we're going to assume they're the same people. The messengers go before him to get places ready. He's got an entourage, and so people will go out ahead of him to the next village and say, we could stay here, we can stay here, and they're looking for people sympathetic to who he is, people that are interested in hosting him. And to go into a village of the Samaritans um, is already risky within itself. But you also got to realize that at this point, his disciples are pretty used to this. This is sort of par for the course for, for Jesus. He goes into these places. But how they respond to the Samaritans shows us the condition of their heart. And it's one of the most telling moments in their lives and I think is reflected sometimes in the life of the church today We'll get into this beginning tomorrow. I'll see you then. God bless.